we're in a series of thought, and we started last week, and this is week two, and it is a subject called Understanding the Principles of God's Fixed Laws. That's a bit of a mouthful. Normally, I'm, I'm sort of just a two-sentence a two or two-word um, thought and title, but understanding the principles of God's fixed laws. There are certain laws in God's word that are totally fixed and will not change. And, and it's really important that we understand what those laws are, because some people say, well, I'm, I'm no longer under law, I'm under grace. Well, that is absolutely true, we are, but there are certain laws that still apply. There are certain, you, know, you, can, you can say, well, I'm no longer under law, I'm under grace, but the law of gravity will still kill you if you jump out of a building. Don't turn around to me and say, well, I'm going to give this a go. I'm under grace. No, the laws of gravity are still in operation. Okay? You, can't, you can't just pretend the laws aren't in existence. And here is a law that we looked, started looking at last week that goes across every aspect of our life. Not just our Christian life, not just your financial life, but every area. And it's the law of sowing and reaping. And last week, we just laid a foundation of what sowing and reaping would look like from the book of Genesis, a couple of scriptures there, and we're going to look at the second one this morning in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. And it says this, and this is what God is saying to Noah. He said in verse 22, while the earth remains. Now, the fact that we're still here, this law still applies. While the earth remains, Seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now, I'm so thankful that you know, day and night are still there. I'm so thankful for heat. I'm not so thankful for the cold. I hate the cold with a passion. Um, so, you know, in here right now, I feel really cold, and it is only t- it was 21 degrees. That is ridiculous, and I'm so cold. <laughs> Um, I can't believe that sign. I I think we'll get rid of it. Um, But there are certain principles that work. And one of those is sowing and reaping. And immediately everyone's thought always goes to financial. If I sow seed, I'll reap a harvest. And and, and we're not dealing with that one yet until um, a week or so ahead. Last week, we talked about friendship. If you haven't got friends, that... There is a key in God's word that enables you to do that, which is called sowing and reaping. He who wants friends must first show himself friendly. So you sow your friendship or your availability. And I went around, shook a few people's hands. I'm not going to do that today, just in case you've got a germ. No, no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But if we want friends, we've got to first sow our heart of friendship or our willingness to befriend others. That, that is a principle. You, 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 I said last week, you can't turn around to me and say that's an unfriendly church unless you try to make lots of friendships and no one's come back and reciprocated that in your life. It may start with you showing yourself friendly. It is always the sowing and reaping. That law is in motion from the moment of creation. Every seed-bearing herb has the, the, the seed within it to reproduce itself. And every Fruit tree has the seed within itself and it will produce after its own kind. That law will never change all the time we all human beings are on this planet. It will continue. So everything that you do in life, if, if, you, if you 
want a good education, if you want to achieve academically, what do you have to do? You have to sow yourself in your textbooks, not the Bible, just pretend this is a textbook. You have to sow your time, your thoughts, your processes. Unless you're a genius or you're very clever, you have to sow time in education to come out with good qualification. It doesn't always work that way because I used to do two and a half hours homework every night, five days a week, and I'm still as thick as two short planks. It doesn't always work. Well, no, the principle works. I just, I just don't get it. I just, it, it just didn't. I don't know. Sown and reaping works. I would have been really thick if I had not studied at school. Okay, I'm just thick, not really thick. I would have been really thick, but um, I thank the Lord for less thickness. Let's stop there. This, the unstoppable law of sowing and reaping works. It really works. And today I want to look at it in a subject in seed time and harvest of souls. Every single person in this room who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, somebody sowed into your life. Someone either spoke to you or they prayed for you or they took you to an event or they somehow connected in your world and spent time or effort or words. And then at some point in that journey, you know, for some it may be later in life, they suddenly have this revelation moment and they connect with God. Some people, it's just through kids' church, growing into youth group, growing into adulthood, and they suddenly get it. Seed, time, and harvest works for salvation. And this is, this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9. And we read these words in verse 36. But when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Why? Because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, and if Jesus was here in this room, hear what the Lord would say to us. And he said to his disciples, the harvest, you only get a harvest once you sow seed. Remember that. The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. The reason there are many chairs that are still spare and the reason why we're building a larger building is we believe in what the word of God says. I know I've said about, you know, whatever film it was, I didn't see the film, but I've heard it said, baseball film, you build it and they come. That's the same principle that I'm using here, that the harvest is plentiful according to Jesus. There are many, many seeds that have been sown through outreaches, crusades, prayer meetings, revivals, people sharing their faith with other people, and we've not yet seen that harvest. There are multitudes in the valley of decision around us, in your workplaces, that other people have shared the gospel, they've sown seed, but they've not yet seen the harvest. We are surrounded by tens of thousands of people who have had seeds sown. Jesus is saying, the harvest is plentiful. My initial reaction is, people don't care these days. 
But do you know what? Sometimes they need to hear over and 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 then the penny begins to drop. And we'll see why a little bit later. We have the greatest story of all times to tell called his story. His story. He made his story. And we have his story to tell. The key is, are we telling his story? Are we sharing the good news of the gospel? Has that good news so convicted us and so transformed our life that we can't hold back? Like Jeremiah in the Old Testament, he, the word of God was in his heart. The word of God was there. And he said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to speak. I'm not going to tell anybody else. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. But then he said, but your word has burned so deep in my heart. How can I not tell people? How can I not share this good news with others around me? Because every time we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are sowing an incorruptible seed that never fades away. Isn't that amazing? That when you share that gospel message, when you share your story about his story, because every one of us has an our story, the fact that you're here, that you're saved, that you've got to walk with God, that's your testimony, your story about his story in your world. We have that to share, because no one can say to you, well, that never happened, because you know your story. They may be able to say, well, I, don't, I think Jesus was just a, a fairy tale. I think he was a myth. I think he was a legend. I think he was this. But no one can change the your story, that once I was lost, but now I'm found. I was once blind, but now I see. I was once this, and now I'm whatever that would be in your life. Your story is a powerful story to share. Let's read these words that Jesus shared with his disciples in John chapter 4, verse 35. He said this, do you not say, and he's talking to those around him, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Remember, the sowing the seed comes first. There's so many moments in the Bible where it talks about harvest. What precedes harvest is seeds that go in the ground. Do, not, do you not say, there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he, and, and he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. Can you, that, that moment of seeing your friend saved, that moment of seeing your neighbor confess Jesus as, what is that? He, you're, you're reaping a harvest that goes for eternity. You're reaping a harvest of souls that, that, would have gone to a lost eternity, they're coming to a, a found eternity. And he says, He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. See, you may sow the seed and you may never see the answer, but along the way, someone else reaps the Harvest of what you sowed and they rejoice. But you know what? We need to all rejoice because every seed that's going into the ground of a heart is a seed that is incorruptible. It fades not away. 
You know, for years you may have been sowing seed into your husband or your wife and saying, hey, the love of God, the heart of God is towards you. And and you may just think, it's just getting known. You know, it's hitting a rock. It's hitting a hard place. There is a resistance against it. But you know what? If you faint not, what does it say? You will reap if you faint not. It's all this sowing and reaping. I never knew... If I'm honest, I never knew there were so many scriptures in the Bible connected to harvest and sowing and reaping and, and these different areas. And, and it says but that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For, this is the saying, for in this saying is true. One sows and another reaps. And I have sent you to reap that which you have not labored Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. When I think of the church that may have been here before us and the church that's up the road that may have done a, 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 an outreach and a tent crusade and they sowed seeds years ago that are still ready to harvest. You, you may have prayed for people in your workplace or you may have prayed for children in kids' church and you've seen them grow up, you've seen them go out into the world. Not one of those prayers has been wasted because the Lord is watching over his word. The seed of God's word in their heart, he's watching over that word to bring it to pass. Just keep on praying and watering the seed. I remember hearing once of a, a, an expedition that went out to Egypt to the pyramids and, and, and they got into one of the pyramids and in, the, in one of these pyramids there, they came across these seeds. And, and one of the scientists wondered, I wonder what would happen if we planted one of these seeds? You know, everything has got to be sort of... So he sneaked a couple into his pocket and took them away and everything else was given to the organization that was there. And he planted the seed. See, it's not until the seed goes into the ground that it dies and comes back in the harvest of which was in the DNA of the seed. And that seed produced and grew. That shows to me, you know, sometimes you look on seed packets and it's got sell by date or use by date or, or it's rubbish by date. Whatever it is, it's got something on there saying, you know, please use by well, if the Egyptians had seed that, they grew, that we grew from 4,000 years ago, I believe that the seed of God's word, which is incorruptible, no matter how many years you've been praying, it has the ability of coming to pass. So don't give up, because God can still move mightily in their life. If you want to see a harvest of souls, you need to be sowing spiritual seed. Just think about, you know, I think about our allotment. I mean, I think about Josh and Sophie's allotment (laughs) that we helped with, that we looked after, that we took on, that we did most of the work. They were having a baby and doing their kitchen. I'll give them that. I'll let them off. But Jane did most of the work. Actually, it wasn't even me. I I can't even shoulder that responsibility. That Jane looked after. And when I think about the work and the effort that... It's about preparing. Before any seed goes into the ground, sometimes we just need to befriend some people. We need to walk alongside them. You know, one a whole part of doing the allotment was to walk alongside the other allotmenteers or whatever they call them 
and, and befriend them and make them like us or hope that they will like us. You, know, you can't make someone they might not like me. It doesn't work. You know, they, they may not like us if we did that. But we wanted them to like who we were. We never told them this is our job and this is what we do. And, um, but we just befriended and walked with them. Sometimes just walking alongside people, befriending them, being normal with them, doing normal activities. You know, on a Monday night, I go and watch the guys play football. There are some who don't come to church. There are some who are part of the church. There are some that's never been part of the church. But why do I go? To connect, to be a part, to journey with, to enjoy the company, to have a bit of the banter, to shout and scream at, at, at those who, well, the two guys who are absolutely useless at football are running this morning. Um, so, so that is all they do on the football pitch. They run at people. They, they just run at people and hope they get the ball. It's, it's hilarious. If you want a comedy, go down. If you want to sow some joy into your life, go down and watch Phil and Sam. They have no idea. It's hilarious. Isn't that true, Josh and um, Lyndon? Oh. <laughs> oh, thank you, son. That is so true. They run around like headless chickens, and eventually they get the ball hit them rather than them tackle and get it. But if you want, you know, it's about sowing and reaping. If, if you want to get fit, what do you have to do? You have to go through an exit. You have to start somewhere. And it may be just like, oh, I'll lift a little bit of a weight or I'll lift a little bit of a weight. You start somewhere. And then you progress in time. If you, if you want to be shaped, it's not going to happen automatically. I can assure you of that. I once was, but now I'm no longer. <laughs> when things are neglected... It all begins to hang loose. You know what I'm saying? I, I, this isn't really coming out as I wanted it to. It's not the message I planned, all right? Oh, Lord, help me. So, so in spiritual, let me get back to my notes. I might just sit, stand and look. When, if we want to see harvest, if we want to see people on chairs, if we want to see those who we're believing for to come into the kingdom. We want to see those that we don't like to come into the kingdom. It's all about sowing seed. Are we sowing the seed of God's word, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are we sowing seed? Only you know you and you know your journey this week. How many seeds have we sown into the lives of others for the kingdom of God? I didn't think the message was that bad. <laughs> How many seeds have we sown into the hearts and the lives of others? See, this is absolutely the because the harvest that we see tomorrow is determined by the seeds we sow yesterday and today. You, know, you, you don't sow seed and see a harvest immediately. I don't think we're sowing enough seed into the ground spiritually because we're not seeing the harvest that I believe we can. When, when, we, when we see in the book of Acts when the seeds were sown in the hearts of many, on one day 3,000 souls were added to the church. So, so there's got to be a responsibility on the, the laborers 
And every single one of us are labourers in the household of God. We, we, it's not a case of, well, I bring them to church and you see whether you can save them. No, please don't do that. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to share good news, and hopefully this is, and you've smiled a bit, so I'm doing all right. But we're harvesters, or we're, we're labourers sent out into the harvest. But we've also got to go out there sowing the seed into the hearts of people. We are all laborers, but are we sharing the seed with others? If we're not speaking about Jesus to others, we'll never see the harvest of souls. We have the greatest news of, of all time, but what are we doing with that? Listen to this. We went through this equation last week. Are we seeing the harvest we want, or are we seeing a harvest because... If you sow a little, you remember this equation last week. We struggled with it last week. Come on, help me out. If you sow a little, you reap. If you sow a lot, you if you sow inconsistently, you will reap. If you sow regularly, you will reap. It's not a hard equation, is it? Can you imagine heaven looking down at your life? When you begin to share the love of God with someone. All heaven is cheering you on. The Bible says, you know, sometimes we get all sort of tongue-tied and we don't know what to say. And we use it as our excuse not to say anything to anyone. But he says, you open your mouth and I'll fill it. See, that's obedience. It's, it's not, well, I haven't got all the answers. No, he just wants you to say something and he will, he will empower you to do the rest. And me. Did you know that there is an incredible reward for those who win souls? The Bible says he who wins souls is wise. But there's an incredible reward for those who share the good news. I'm going to read this one. This is great. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 to 8. And this is, and, and, and the church were, they were disputing, you know, I'm of, of Paulus and I'm of Paul and all the rest of it. Go read it. And then it says this. After all, who is Apollos? And who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Because they were, they were, people were contesting, well, I'm, I'm of Apollos. Oh, Apollos is so much better than Paul. And others were saying, no, Paul is the apostle. He's the... And he said, look, who, who are we? Come on, guys. Who are we? We're just people through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. There's the key. Each of us did what the Lord has given us. That's the bottom line. That's where the rubber hits the road. That's the, that's the hard point of this scripture. Are we doing what the Lord has given us to do? I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos came along and he watered it. But it was God that made it grow. Take the weight of responsibility off your shoulders. You can't save anyone. It's not going to happen. You can't save anyone. Please don't have an expectation on your life that you've got to save anyone. You can't do it. But you can sow seed. You can water it. And you can allow God to do what he does and bring the increase. Take the weight off your shoulders. But just be so free in how you share I love the fact that Indy, uh, where are you, Indy? There you are. Indy brought three of her friends on Friday night to Momentum. Absolutely brilliant. Do you know what? 
there's a couple of old timers that run it. They are half centuries plus. But do you know what? That didn't put Indy off bringing her mates to momentum. Do you know what? I, I admire that. And I, I applaud that with all my heart. And do you know what? Those girls probably will go along to their other friends and bring their friends. And all of a sudden we're going to have a momentum group that is so large that, that we'll need a couple of other old fogies to jump up and help us. <laughs> In fact, we need those now. And if you're interested, please see me or Jane, because we'd love to be able to have you help us for now. Because then I'll slope my shoulders and say, take it on. No. Well, yes, I can't deny that. Anyway, let's move on. Um, Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it, but it's God who made it grow. That's always key. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is God makes the seed grow. Listen to that. Every prayer you've prayed is watering seed. Keep praying. You may not know the person that you've witnessed to. Jane's a perfect example of this. She'll wander around up and down the street and she'll talk to any random person and she'll share the love of God. And I'm sure many of us do in the room. I do often on my walks in the morning. Dog walkers, runners, they, they never come back on the same walk. <laughs> it's like, I wonder where they've gone. There's the nutter walking towards me. They suddenly run off somewhere else. But you know what? It's sowing seed. And the chances are I've sown seed to the dog walker that Jane will see going off to the shop, and all of a sudden there's two seeds that have been sown. Who else? You know, you, you meet, may meet the same person down the library, or you meet, may, may meet them in Asda, and you suddenly uh, share something with them. And all of a sudden, that's three. In years gone by, they said on an average it needed seven hits of a person sharing their faith for a person to give their life to the Lord. Do you know what? That number's gone up to 30-odd. If I'm doing it, and Jane's doing it, and you're doing it, and you're doing it, we all need to. Because if we're all doing it, and the church up the road, and they're all doing it, and the church down the lane, they're all doing it, and we all get busy sowing seed and watering it, the church will grow. The kingdom of God will grow. Anyway, we're looking at the, 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 the reward. It's not important who does what. God makes it grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together. We've both got an incredible job with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Isn't that great? You share in the gospel, God, God turned around and said, look at them. I sent Jesus to die and they're now telling the world, I'm going to reward them. I don't know what that reward looks like in your life or in my life sometimes. But you know what? He rewards God is no man's debtor. He sees what you do and he says, I'm going to bless them for that. I'm going I'm to open the windows of heaven for them for that. I'm going to bring people into their world that's going to be a, a strength to them for that. I'm gonna, and God just pours out reward after reward because he's saying, I sent my son to die, not only for them, but for the whole world. And look at them, sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed. And he said, I'm going to reward them. I think that's so beautiful. The principle of God's fixed law regarding sowing and reaping works as, the, as we sow the seeds of the gospel. The good news 
of Jesus Christ. So that, what is my challenge? So, someone said to me the other week, oh, that was a challenging word. Every week's a challenging word if we want to grow. If you want, the, if you want to be finely honed, you know, there's got to be some chipping away in our, each of our lives. And this is my challenge today. Will we sow more gospel seed so that we see more harvest of souls in the weeks, the months, and the year ahead? I really, I really, um, oh, shall I? It, it came to mind, and I, I'll allow you to do what you like with this. It came to mind as I was in my office preparing for this morning to put down a challenge that every one of us shares Jesus with someone this week. Then next week, the challenge gets bigger and share it with two people. And then the following week, we share it with three people. Because as we grow in this and we get stronger and more confident in God, not in ourselves, we will become more, the, the ability to share God more will grow. And I guarantee you at the end of the month when we get to four weeks, or if it's, is it a five-week month? That'd be funny. That'd be five people in a week for five. You know, can you imagine what this would be like if we all took it on? I want to, who's up for the challenge? No, I'm not. Yes, I do. No, I don't. I do want to, but I'm not going to. I want to, I want sit. No, no, no. The truth is God can't multiply what we don't sow. You, you sow a tomato seed and you get a tomato plant. But on that tomato plant, you get lots of tomatoes. And inside that tomato are millions upon seeds. But it starts with one. Yeah. One seed. I, I, I can't remember the sequence of this, and, and forgive me, but I heard this this week. I was just really interested in, in how Billy Graham got saved. And it started with the guy who led D.L. Moody, Moody to the Lord. And then D.L. Moody took on ministry, and he led somebody else to the Lord, who then spoke to somebody else, and they, they, they led them to the Lord. And then... It went on and on, and eventually, um, the, the, I can't remember the name of the guy, he was at a crusade meeting, and he spoke, and there was someone there who he had led to the Lord many years ago and joined the ministry, and then he couldn't, the man that was doing the, the crusade couldn't go to the next one, so he asked the guy who he had come to the meeting and got saved many years ago to do the next service. At that service, because people were caught wind that the main guy wasn't going to be there, this unknown guy had, uh, had a very few people in the meeting. But at that meeting, as a child, Billy Graham attended. And at that service, Billy Graham got saved. See, our one seed could be a Reinhard Bonnke, a Billy Graham, or some evangelist that goes and turns the world upside down. It could be just another ordinary guy and lady like you and me who goes out and sees their friends saved and their community and their neighborhood and their friends. But we never know where that seed ends up because they may just bring one other person with them to the Lord in that first year. But that one other person may lead hundreds. It's just the, the ability to see God at work is incredible. I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss this. Because this is really important. This is an amazing passage of scripture, and we all know it, and we've all been here, but this passage 
today will identify where you are, where I am, where we are as a congregation, and where every person in this world is in their life. And Jesus taught this. And I think it, is, it was a masterpiece of preaching. Jesus, whatever Jesus preached was a masterpiece. But this is such a masterpiece because it identifies your heart where you are today. All right? You ready for this? You do the heart examination. All right? Let me read it and you consider where you are. Matthew 13 verse 18 says this. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one, the enemy, the devil, comes and snatches away what was sown in your heart. This is the one who received seed by the wayside. There may be people in this room today and you are wayside. You hear the word of God, the word of God is preached, you hear it, but immediately the enemy comes in his way and snatches it, and therefore it never takes root in your life. It never grows. It's taken away. Every person that we witness to that doesn't make an immediate decision, the enemy is coming along and stealing away that word. That's why we need to water it. We need to take authority and, and protect it. Verse 20 says this, But he who received the, the seed on the stony place, this is talking about the ground of our heart, the stony place, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. You know, oh, you know, you know Jesus has saved me. I'll get all excited. God is good. But hey, when, when, when something hits you, when pressure, when, when the world hits you between the eyes and it's like, oh, I, 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 where was God when it all happened? God was there. But the enemy, because there's no root, has stolen away the seed, and you immediately stumble. Verse 22, Now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. I believe so many of the church, the wider church, and only we can describe where, where that we are in this. I believe this describes so many in the church. The cares of this world. I can't do that, Pastor. I can't come to the prayer meeting. I can't do the outreach. I can't. I've got too many other things that I'm involved in right now. The cares of other things, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. I've got to do the overtime. I've got, to, I've, got to, I've got a business I've got to grow. I've got, to, I've, got, I've got ends meet to make. They choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And there are many in, that, in, that, in the church situation who are in that area of their life. But if we can transition... If we can transition the church, if we can transition our family, if we can transition our mindset to this, do you know what? Everybody in the church would serve somewhere. Everybody in the church would say, how can I help? Where can I help? What can I do? Listen to this. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hear, hears the word and understands it and indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. 
We're talking about multiplication. When, we, when the seed of God's word lands on the heart that hears, something incredible begins to take place. There is not one person in this room today where there isn't a job or an area or a ministry or an activity that you can get involved in. You have... We want people to be involved. We want you to roll up your sleeves. We want you to serve. You know, if if you can sing, it helps to be on the worship team if you can sing. We'd love to have you there. If you have a heart for youth, we would love you to be part of the youth group. We've got kids' church work. We've got extra hosting. We've got car park. We've got project management for the new building. At the moment, that rests on my shoulders and I don't have a clue. I know one end of a shovel to the other. That's about my... Can I project manage a building? No. Do you want me to project manage a building? (laughs) Well, that was the right answer. (laughs) That was the right answer. But what was the reason for the answer? (laughs) Okay, that's cool. Is, we don't want the building coming down on us either, do we? But, but, but God, you need to see in your life you are wanted and that you are needed. And there are areas of ministry that we want you to get involved in. Don't all flood me at once. If you're not on our database, please let Claire know on the front. If you don't get our emails, if you do, email me. And let me know where and how you'd like to minister, how and when you can help and serve and be a part. Jesus, the king, didn't come to rule. He came to be a servant to all. That's, that's my heart. That's what I do. I, would, I, will, I will serve and serve him and those he's given me around me for the rest of my life. But I don't want it to be short. <laughs> I don't want it to be short because I can't do much more than I do. I need you to walk with me. I absolutely, I'm, I'm, I need you. Jesus went on, he spoke this parable, so reap harvest, so reap harvest, so reap harvest. And then the very next parable he goes into, he said, another parable. He put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. The Bible is full of sowing and reaping, and sowing and reaping. What are we sowing? Because whatsoever a man sows, that will he reap. Let me skip that lot. God said this, or Jesus, the Bible says this, Holy Spirit inspired Peter to say this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Isn't that good? We may count it as slack, but he's not. He's not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness. But he is long-suffering toward us. Oh, this would preach so well, when it? Well, I could start up for another sermon. <laughs> he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Oh, there's some people who say, oh, you know, God's predestined everyone. and Well, that scripture doesn't line up with that, does it? 
There's only a few that get saved. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. What did Jesus say? What's the word say? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jane and I, through the beginning of COVID, started to pray a prayer. We're going to finish with this. We're going to, we pray morning and evening this simple prayer. Whoever's life is required of them today, give them a chance, Lord, to accept you. 200 people a day dying of COVID alone right now. Lord, even if they're in a coma, it's deep under deep. If they can't speak because they're on ventilator, Lord, you can break through this situation. That they would have one last chance to receive you. I believe that we're going to see many enter the kingdom of God because we and others are praying that very simple prayer. It's a prayer of, of, of a child praying for another that they would have one last chance. I believe we're going to see a harvest for that. And I, can you imagine what this would be like if we're all praying? In eternity, God is hearing, listen to all those voices praying for the people that they don't know. Praying for those lost souls who I sent my son to die on their behalf. Oh, I can imagine heaven saying, come on, we've got to wake them up. We've got to give them that moment. We've got to, we, not for our sake, not because we're praying, because he's willing. He's not willing that any should perish. And what he's looking for is someone who was standing in the gap, stand in that moment and say, I'm not willing that people die without entering the kingdom of God, that people die without a knowledge of God. You say, that's impossible, isn't it? Is it what, that's an impossible prayer. No, look at the thief on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. He did no good works. He didn't get down off the cross and live a life. No, he died there on the cross with Jesus. But God saved him. It's God that does it. Let's just pray. Let's give him something to work with here on this earth. Anyway, I could just rattle on. I could rattle on. I've got to do this because it's who I am. And the Bible clearly says if you confess with your mouth, if you just open your heart and say yes to Jesus, that he would save you, transform your life, and he would live within your heart. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray a very simple prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. You may have grown up in church, but you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus. You may have been here because your mum and dad bring you, but you've not had a personal relationship with Jesus. Today, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus where all things become new. So let's pray this very simple prayer. Let's pray all together, helping those that may be praying it for the very first time. Jesus, I thank you that you came to earth, that you lived on this earth, that you died for me, and you was raised from the dead for me. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I bow my knee. I give you my heart. Jesus, take my sin. Take my wrong. I thank you for newness of life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
while every head is bowed and every eye closed. Come on, this is heaven touching earth. This is the seeds that have been sown potentially coming to harvest. Today, right now, did you pray that prayer sincerely and you meant it from your heart? That's all that's required. It's not, oh, I don't know too much of the Bible. No, did you pray it sincerely from your heart? If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer sincerely today, just pop up your hand as an acknowledgement that Jesus loves you and he wants a walk and a journey with you. Is there anybody in this room today? You say, yeah, I prayed that. Nice and high. Don't be shy. Father, I thank you that every one of us in this room are laborers. And Lord, that we have the seed of the gospel in our heart. Father, just as they prayed in the book of Acts, I pray this prayer over us as a congregation, over me and over each one in this room. Give us boldness. Give us boldness. Not in ourselves but in who you are. Give us boldness, Lord God. That we would go into our world, into our friendship circles, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, let the seeds that have been sown and those that are being watered, let them become a harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.